Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And welcome to this week's episode of Pop Culture and Fandom News. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and with me this week are two of my sexy ladies, Carla from Bedwetter Behead Pod and Tiff. This is Tiff's first episode of the year, so I'm very excited to have her on. I do want to make a note that we are rounding out Black History Month with a look at In Vogue, which In Vogue won our listener poll. But you will notice we had mentioned before we were going to be discussing Tina Turner. Unfortunately, because of a, a loss in my family, that has been moved. So that will be probably during our brand new, we've created it for this year, music month, which will be in September. That's probably where I will be moving the Tina Turner episode, just to let you know. So that will not be this month. But I'm very excited to have both Carla and Tiff with me this week. And let's get started with some pop culture and fandom news. So, Carla, what is one thing in fandom or pop culture that you are into right now? Well, first of all, I would like to report that my ongoing crush on all-around white boy Shane Topp from Smosh continues unabated. He continues being adorable, hilarious, and just... Seems like a nice guy. So unfortunately, I'm still trapped in that ongoing loop that is now my life. But as far as new news for me is that I started Reacher finally after many, many attempts by my friends to get me on board. I'm finally on board. I started watching it. Admittedly, I've only watched like a couple of episodes, but I'm fully hooked. It has all the kind of stuff that I, that I enjoy. It has like action and oh what is going on here now there's a new mystery on top of it whoa dude what plus okay let's talk about the lead for a second okay my big complaint and i i think a good reason to rage quit this show not enough shirtless scenes i don't know why in 2024 this man needs to wear shirts so often the set looks particularly warm and uncomfortable he seems more at home without a shirt so i think we should just let the nips free (laughs) let the air in that's the only complaint that i have but i mean like on on a more serious note it's it's a fun show it's enjoyable i like the chemistry between basically everybody i think has good chemistry so far and i'm only a a couple of episodes in and i think that with like this kind of show the chemistry often feels forced like the entire first season of you know, a show with this kind of premise of like, oh, a new person comes to town and there's mysteries everywhere that need to be solved. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. And I'm glad that I was bullied. I mean, lovingly pulled into this show. Yeah, I still haven't watched it. I'll probably watch it maybe sometime. (laughs) I don't know. My list is so long. I don't have any idea. When when, whenever you it. get around to it, Aaron, <laughs> whenever you get around to it, I think you will enjoy it. If anything, watch the first episode soon because it is, it's just good eye candy, to be honest. Even if you don't watch the whole series, just, you know, like, peep into the first couple of, of minutes. <laughs> just, just, you know, just a preview for the senses. Well, the the main star in that, for some reason, what's his name? His name's escaping me all of a sudden. Alan Rich. 
Alan Richson. Richson. Uh, I always want to say Richardson, but it's Richson. Okay, thank you. Yeah, he he's been very open in public about his battle with bipolar disorder. And so I appreciate that about him. So I like him because of how he was on Inside of You, the Inside of You podcast, which I, I love that podcast. I love that interview podcast. And he was on there talking about that. So I appreciated that and appreciated that conversation, especially I always appreciate when men are more are open about their struggles with mental health because it's such a sadly still such a taboo thing in society men trying to you know take care of their mental health and so i always appreciate when men do that because i think it'll make it easier for other men to not feel ashamed to get help so yeah so but i'll check it out sometime because i know that tiff is also loves this show so but other but i don't know maybe is that what you're into too right now tiff or what are you into right now so what ended up happening was i got the rona for the second time, and before your listeners come at me, I'm completely vaxxed. I got my booster. Don't know how I got it. It was weird. Felt like poo for like 12 hours. And then you know what? It was just like, well, I'm sleepy. I'm up. I'm sleepy. I'm up. I got a little headache. So y'all just keep up with your boosties and all that kind of stuff and you'll be all right. Even if it's stupid and you get it for a second time. I digress. So I would like to say in a contradiction that I do not bully when it comes to recommending <laughs> certain shows. I don't bully. <laughs> I recommend. Insistently, I, yes. Yeah, I might cajole. <laughs> I might slightly persuade to watch something. So let's keep it a buck. Okay, let's keep it a buck and say that, yes, while I was down and out with the Rona for my five days of quarantine, I had a lot of time on my hands. So I said, ha let's see what's on the old boob tube because, you know, your girl is busy. I don't have time to watch a lot of stuff anymore. I just don't. I have kids. I ha They have sports. I have work. It's all over the map, but you know, you're sitting in your recliner. I'm paralyzed because I got a cat on my lap. So, you know, I can't move. <laughs> so, you know, okay. What's on the old Amazon prime. And I'm like, huh, Reacher. I saw a billboard for it as I was tootle dooting along previously. And I'm like, tootle dootin' dooting along. You know, that that's different than driving. I just would like for y'all to know. So, you know, I turn it and I'm like, I remember the, I don't know if, if you all remember. So it's based off of a book series, right? So it's called, obviously it's called the Reacher series. It's based off of the Jack Reacher novel series. And the author is Lee Child came out years ago. So Tom Cruise did a movie based off of you know, the, the book. And the funny thing is, so it came out in 2012 and it was called Jack Reacher. It wasn't just called Reacher. Sorry about that. So the funny thing is that Reacher is ex-military and he's like super duper ex-military. Like when I say, like, we're talking about like special ops type dude who knows like all of the hayas and all that kind of stuff. Very, like, very skilled in the hand-to-hand -hand combat, right? Not that I'm saying, and we all know Tom Cruise for all that he is a certain type of breakfast cereal that has a toucan on it that is delicious <laughs> and delightful. For all that he is that type of cereal and in a cult, and I'm not going to say allegedly because Scientology is a cult. Yes. Yeah. He is a, he is a very solid actor and he does like all his own stunts, which is bonkers and bananas like for any actor to do all of these crazy stunts the main problem i have with him as jack reacher and i've never actually seen that movie you know i've seen bits and pieces but i've never seen that movie is reacher is described as literally being six foot five 250 pounds <laughs> very blonde <laughs> <laughs> 
and famously all trace yeah. has. I, I mean, the, the height there. The uh, height is. I mean, it is spot on. I mean, right? they might as well have just said Tom Cruise in the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like I it's mean, like when Nicole Kidman divorced him. Sorry, she famously said, "Now I can wear high heels, heels again." again. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, I'm, I understand taking some liberties with, with casting decisions. I get that. But this was a bit out there, shall we say? This was a bit of a, of a reach, you know, like a, like a, a reach to, to, to cast him as Jack Reacher. On flip side, you've got Alan Richson, who Aaron has, you know, wonderfully said how open he's been with his mental health challenges and i mean just from a personal standpoint as aaron also mentioned it is really refreshing to see somebody claim it you know a lot of people want to hide it there's still a lot of stigma that comes along with having you know bipolar disorder or having you know acute depression clinical depression anxiety anything like that there's still a lot of i think embarrassment toward it, especially when you're in the public eye. So thank you, Alan Richardson, for your openness and candor regarding it. But he is, and I looked up his stats, y'all, because, you know, research. <laughs> Mr. Richardson is six foot three, you know, so just just a skosh off. And he's probably pushing a good like 225. So just a skosh off, but he's built. <laughs> he's built. He doesn't let leg day go. Okay, let's just say that. He gets <laughs> leg day is always done by Mr. Richardson. And he's also a natural blonde. Now, I have a thing, you know, blonding are not really my jam. They're just they're just not really, but I don't mind it. I don't mind it. And as Carla said so eloquently, you know, the first season, they film in you know, in South Georgia and you know, it's it's hot. And somebody who as somebody who lived in Georgia for five years, I can attest to the humidity and the uncomfortability. It's too hot for a shirt. It is so hot for shirts. It is I mean, honestly, it's hot for pants. So, you know Right? <laughs> why stop at shirts? Why stop at shirts? I mean, just let just be free. Just be free. Let your skin breathe. Reacher, let the skin breathe. Hey, just just walk down the street in your skimmies. I, th- you know, everybody will understand. Just a suggestion, just a suggestion. That's all. Just a suggestion. So right. I'm, you know, hey, and we're now we're just missing what. So I watched the entire first season while I was down and out. Fantastic. I think it was only it's not a whole lot of episodes in that first season, and I have to watch the second season, which came out last month. It's eight seasons. Uh, sorry, eight episodes in the first season. So the second season did recently come out last month, and that one is also eight seasons. Sorry, it came out in December, late December. So I got to catch that and watch and go through that. So I'm looking forward to it. So that's three out of the four sexy ladies, Aaron. What, <laughs> that's what's true. up, Meg is. What what's up, Meg? Even watched it, and you know, I mean, it's hard to get her to watch anything. So that's true. <laughs> it's on you, my dear. <laughs> It's on you. I know, I know. And and podcast prep for this podcast since March is our topic month is a little bit different, so I don't have to watch a lot of shows. So wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I wet eyebrow wet. Except for I do have to watch all of the films nominated for Best Picture. Oh, there you go. Well, that's gonna be and that's what? That's ten? Yes. I mean, I've already seen Barbie, of course, and I've already seen The Holdovers, and I watched Killers of the Flower Moon. So, okay. So, seven, yeah, yeah, three down, yeah. seven to go. And so, and Oppenheimer is now streaming. Oh, God. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> I mean, oh, oh goody. The what atomic bomb. Yeah. <laughs> what a light, what a light topic. <laughs> <laughs> and it's long. <laughs> I heard it's long. Wait a minute. I- didn't your mom watch it? She-, she did. She hated it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the, t- the text she sent was one of the funniest things ever of just like, this is just like, I, I don't have it in front of me, but it was just basically <laughs> trashing the movie and saying that what a missed opportunity. And will people just speak up? Why would people have to talk in whispers all the time on movies now? <laughs> I don't know. She just hated it. She hated it so much. Your mom has great taste and good observations. Yes. 
<laughs> apparently the only i mean the only thing that caught my eye and that was killian murphy like literally that's it <laughs> because yeah. he's beautiful he's gorgeous and he's irish even though he's not using his accent <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be kind of weird they changed the yeah that'd be odd. <laughs> but yeah yeah and then my mom, my mom texted the other day and said and she watched the, she, I haven't watched it yet, but she watched the J-Lo movie before. <laughs> and she's, no way! She's like, I, she's, she's so pretty and she's a good dancer. That's all she said. <laughs> it's like, like Aretha Franklin and gowns. Beautiful gowns. <laughs> so, I don't know. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I'm excited I, I to watch it. I am so down to do like a live watch and reaction <laughs> with you. Yeah, we should do that because, oh my gosh, I've seen some TikToks already where it's like... <laughs> oh my God, I cannot wait. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's not what I'm into, although I some of my mom's reactions to things just crack me up. I'm trying to think, oh, she was listening to it, and I haven't watched Poor Things yet, but it's totally not something my mom could handle from everything I've heard. But we had both basically on the same day happened to listen to Mark. I'm forgetting everybody's name today. How the hell am I forgetting Mark's last name? You know, Incredible Hawk. Ruffalo? Thank you, Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo, <laughs> who I've loved forever. He was on an interview episode of, of Fresh Air, which I think is one of the best podcasts to listen to interviews. And I love him so much. And I was listening to that while I was walking for ye. And my mom texted and said, do you think Poor Things would be a movie I could watch? Because I was listening to Mark Ruffalo on Fresh Air. And I'm like, Mom, I know what this movie is about. You could not handle it. I'm like, you'd be like, no, this is not for me. And I haven't even watched it yet, but I know that. But anyway, so my mom is funny when it comes. Of course, she said poor little things. She didn't say poor things. She said poor little things. <laughs> also, not to be confused with poor unfortunate souls. Yes. This is very true. Yes. Or, or where the wild things are. I mean, you know, there's just... There's so many things out there. There's so many things. <laughs> yes. So love you, mom. So what I I watched, there's a new Netflix crime doc that plays the way they do it, like a thriller, like a mystery thriller called Lover, Stalker, Killer. And it's a true story about a mechanic who, after he gets divorced, he tries online dating for the first time and he meets a woman. And they date, and then he meets another woman who shows up to his garage to get her car fixed on. And the woman that shows up to get her car fixed on, he ends up dating her a little bit. And then she ends up, I'm not gonna give any twist away, but she ends up stalking him. That's not a twist. There's a twist in this. And it's just, it's I thought it was really good. It it was interesting because it's weird to say being into it because it's a true crime thing. All the people involved were participating in it. But it's interesting the way people have watched this because there's a twist in it. And it's like something that, you know, I I figured out within two minutes <laughs> of the thing. But it is one of those where people are like just reacting to the twist, but not reacting to how horrendous some of the stuff is that happens in here and that this one person does. But But what I enjoyed the most about watching this was Fergie was watching it with me. And Fergie was so into this. And so I was videotaping her and I was like, you like your true crime? And she looked at me like, I'm going to give you true crime if you don't interview yourself. <laughs> so and I posted that TikTok and I had, you know, one person responded and said, yeah, I'm the same way if someone's interrupting my true crime. <laughs> so now it's Fergie loves because I've been rewatching Abbott Elementary, too. and. Because I haven't started the new season yet, but I've been rewatching the past two seasons. And Fergie loves her horror, true crime, and Abbott Elementary. These are the ones that she will like. Be like, just I do not know why what it is about Abbott Elementary because it does, one thing is not like the others here. She but needs she... a little comedy in her life, just a little sprinkling of comedy. Yes, I mean, and everybody needs variety sometimes. Erin, my gosh, can she live? <laughs> You sound like the the thoughts I think are in Fergie's head at the time. <laughs> I see, like, I see Fergie's side eye when you post your stuff. I yeah. see it. 
I'm here, Fergie. We're here. Like, oh my God, Dia, I'm watching my show. Can you shut up? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, but she does. She loves Abbott Elementary. That's like, I think, one of the only comedies I've ever seen her get into. And I don't know what I maybe she wants to learn, too. It could be she wants to learn. I don't know. That's got to be what it is. She sees how it talks about the educational system in this country. And she's like, I am here for that. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. 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 And so when you interrupt her, she gives you that side eye just like. She gives me that look every Sunday morning when I'm like, it's Sunday. We are not going for a walk first thing. I am sitting here eating my breakfast and drinking some coffee. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, my gosh, it's eight o'clock and I haven't gone for a walk yet. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she's she's just a little bit spoiled, but I love her. So that was why I enjoyed watching that it was mainly just watching her so into this thing that was all just talking heads basically so i'm like there's nothing even really going on so yeah but that's on netflix and abbott elementary is on hulu and max if you didn't know where to watch that and we covered abbott elementary last year so go back and listen to our episode with carla and Susie. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so let's go to one thing in pop culture or fandom that you're excited, upset, etc. about, Carla. Okay, so you know how like sometimes like in the in the moment when we're preparing for episodes and we are listening to stuff and interviews and watching things and learning so much. While I was watching interviews with and Vogue, particularly the members who left, Don and Max, and how they were talking specifically about Especially Dawn was talking about the reason that she left being that she saw that they should have been making so much more money than they were. They were hugely successful from their first album. The second album even topped the first, but they weren't getting, they were not getting the money that they, that they deserved. And that is such an ongoing tale in, in the music industry. Like how often do we hear about singers and songwriters who are paid pennies while some executive doing next to nothing is reaping in the the rest of the money at what point does that get addressed when does that get fixed because yeah there are some musicians who are incredibly rich but they're not necessarily making the money off of the sales of their albums they're making it from concerts and from sponsorships and you know, other means, but not from the thing that brought them to the public eye in the first place, not for the talent on which they're basing their careers. And it's just incredibly unfair that they have to scrape and scramble so much when they should be the ones making the money. Like, oh, these people, you know, buying mega yachts and gigantic houses and then becoming, you know, well-known in big society and they're the wrong people who should, who are making the money. Like it's, it's not, the money is not flowing to the correct people. And it's just ridiculous to me. And these are just like some of the stories that we hear. We don't even hear about all of them because God knows for every artist that, that is able to tell their story or able to speak plainly about what they've experienced in the music industry. There are so many others who either don't want to rock the boat or they don't want to have their their contracts canceled or they're just afraid of, you know, whatever producers and executives that they don't even get the opportunity to talk about how they're treated behind the scenes. And that's, of course, just part of the whole structure of capitalism and how, you know, how poorly workers are treated. You know, you, you look at the strikes last year, the SAG-AFTRA strikes and the the WGA strikes, the potential, I think, upcoming IATSE strikes as well. 
even, you know, people who, who drive DoorDash and Uber Eats and Uber and Lyft had a, like a, a one day strike. So there are people up in arms right now about the effects of capitalism, whether or not they are vocal and aware about it being about capitalism is about capitalism and how we, the worker class are just being completely crushed and kept down by the people who end up taking all this money. And not only do they take all this money, but they want more of it. So it's never enough for them. And it's, it's just, it's not only heartbreaking, but it's despair inducing that like, how can we possibly live our best lives? And I don't mean that I'm like, Oh my God, I'm living the best life. No, but like, how can we afford homes? How can we afford transportation? healthcare? How can we afford any of that when our money is constantly being denied to us by these people who are keeping the bulk of it because they're, they just happen to have a C-suite? Like That's very unfair. I may or may not have been also influenced by having read Bernie Sanders' book, but that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> it just, but it just, it rings true in everything. Before, even before the Bernie Sanders book, I was probably going to be thinking like this, but it, it just, you know, people as talented as En Vogue and so many singers out there in that same position who deserve better. And yet this capitalist system keeps failing them and us. Yeah, it's a big, I mean, there was, if you don't follow the account Perfect Union, which you can follow on Instagram and you can follow on Twitter, I highly suggest following them. And they recently had a, they shared a post about, you know, how the, the, CEO or the founder of Spotify, I can't remember who it was exactly, and how he's, you know, oh, he's worth $3 billion or something like that, but he still struggles with this. So whatever, like, you know, struggles something with something personally. And Perfect Union was like, every artist on Spotify, like most artists on Spotify get 0.0003 cents for like per play. And so in order to get a dollar, you have to do, it's like 370 something plays in order to even see like a dollar. So it's like, it is ridiculous. Yeah, the whole, and it's been a problem even before streaming music too. It, like, of course, has already been talked about, but yeah, it's it's gross how many poor musicians there are who aren't making money off of their music. And, that, and that's why, you know, that's where they make their money is concerts, tickets and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, lots of musicians. I'll say this again in the En Vogue episode. But the four in Vogue members for the first and second albums were making two cents per singer per album. And albums, if you remember around the time, were going for like between 16 and 20 bucks an album. And they were making, as a group, eight cents per album. Come on. And that was like 16 to 20 bucks per cassette tape. Let's yeah. not even talking about, let's not even talk about CDs because CDs were kind of like a woo, you know, CDs were going for like 25 bucks, yeah. eight cents for the group. And they were making pennies, literal pennies. Yeah. So Tiff, what is one thing that you are excited or upset about? Well, just kind of to, to springboard what Carla was saying, you know, it, about how poor a lot of these groups are that make so much money for their studios and things like that. I'm thinking about TLC, who was literally the largest or the biggest selling girl group of all time. And they made nothing. They made literally nothing. And a lot of that had to do with their representation. But it just, you know, it was widespread. A lot of these, you know, when you see them pushing these, you know, these Mercedes and these Bentleys and things like that, those cars are leased and they're leased by their labels. They're not because they can't afford them. There's no way they can afford these payments or anything like that. So it's widespread, as you said, Carla. You know what? What's got my goat right now? And I am really, really, really upset about it. Yeah. Netflix. What? The H-E double hockey sticks are you doing with my old guard too? Okay. It was on the slate for release at the end of 2023. So they set it up for December, 2023. It went into the can September, 2022. So, okay. A little over a year later, they planned on releasing it. Fine. Well, whoosh, December, 2023 went on by. We're now February, 2024. It's not on the slate anymore. 
It's not, it's not anywhere anymore. This movie, Old Guard, the Old Guard, if y'all don't know, was Charlize Theron plays. I don't, it's not a spoiler because this was four years ago. So anyway, she heads up a group of immortal war- warriors and they're, there's only four of them. They're not an army. It's four of them. <laughs> and it, it, it goes into detail about not necessarily how they gain their immortality, but how they deal with it because there's a lot to deal with. And, you know, we've covered a lot of vampire lore on it's a fandom thing and we know how that plays into the psyche of a lot of vampires. Ugh, the broody vampire, Ugh, gross. But this is a little bit different because they're always like in the thick of things. Their whole thing is saving people. It's not you know, taking lives that they have to. They're not, that's, that's not what they're about. And they're not zombies and they're not vampires. <laughs> so, so it was one of the most, you know, they, you know, Netflix never releases the numbers, but they did say that it was probably like in their top five most streamed movies of all time. Where's the second movie, y'all? Where's the second movie? It's been ready to go now for like 17 months and it's not on the slate. It ended on a cliffhanger. Where is my second movie? I want my second movie. <laughs> Give me <laughs> my what she wants. <laughs> Give me my second movie. We have determined, we have already said that she's insistent she's not gonna let this go netflix i'm not gonna let it go i want to see the second one so gina prince fifewood who is the director of the classic love and basketball directed the first one she came on just as a producer on the second one and victoria mahoney took up another black woman took up the reins as director and she's done a lot of great stuff she's worked on Star Wars franchises and properties. She's done a whole, her, her IMDb is very impressive. So I'm, I have no like qualms about her taking up the reins. I know, I know it's in a safe, I know it's in safe hands. Basically, I know it's in safe hands. Everybody from the first movie is back. Where is it? Netflix. It doesn't take anything at this point to release it. It's already made. <laughs> so release it. Give it to me. <laughs> All the streamers, they're just turning into horrible people. <laughs> turning into, they've been horrible entities for a while now. Just like, it's another thing of capitalism. It all goes back to capitalism. Everything is yep. rooted in capitalism. So, Where yeah. is Dr. Tanya Cook to explain this to us <laughs> in more detail? Well, this is something that has been bringing me lots of joy this week, actually, and making me cry. But I have fallen into an algorithm on TikTok of seeing amazing, going back to music, seeing amazing singers doing covers of songs and that are just beautiful and incredible and are also causing people of like my generation and then also millennials, causing them very emotional, emotional feelings, bring up some stuff. And I just want to point to two There is the cover of Times Like These by the Foo Fighters done by, and I really apologize because I know I'm going to mispronounce your name, but it's spelled L-A-C-H-U-N-E on TikTok. And they do such a beautiful like acapella version of this song that I really hope Dave Kroll sees it at some point because it's probably my favorite version I've ever heard of the song. I will be quite honest. I'll put it in the show notes. And it really is like, I think sometimes the beauty of acapella is that you can really get down to the core of what the lyrics are and what the lyrics are about and what the song means and the more emotional part of it. Because I think sometimes music the music part of it and like the the guitars or the synth or anything else added to it sometimes I think can influence the way you feel when you're listening to a song. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing. It's just sometimes it can overshadow maybe what some of the lyrics were saying. That makes sense. And I think sometimes when you strip that away and you just get down to the to the voice work, to the singing, to the songwriting it can become even more powerful. And so that's why I really, really loved this version a lot. And I really, really hope Dave Grohl sees it. I mean, he's been tagged in it numerous times and so have has the Foo Fighters account. So hopefully 
they will see it. Hopefully Dave Grohl will see it. Hopefully there'll be some reaction video. Maybe it's out by now. I don't know. I haven't seen. So, yeah. And then the other one is this person, this young singer, Dakota. They did a version of Crawling by Linkin Park. And the way I found this was I just first saw a duet and people reacting to it. And it's a really incredible, powerful version of it. They do a lot of other covers as well. And I really just appreciated the fact that or what really got to me about this was all the reaction duets and people getting very emotional and feeling like they had the lead singer, one of the singers, Chester, who triggered one, who unalived himself like, you know, a few years ago. So it was like having that voice back. And so all these people in the comments and people duetting it and saying to Dakota, you don't know what you have done for a generation right now is it is almost like we have him back and you're like healing a generation. It's been pretty incredible to watch. And so far, no one, as far as I know from the band has seen this or reacted to it, but I'm sure they will because this is really, there's so many duets of this out there and so many reactions to this that I would not be surprised if they do eventually. But so I'm just kind of into that of just the beauty and the power and the way that music can really bring people together. And that's really what music should do is, and that's really what at the core, I think that's what music is, is it's a way for people to heal, to come together, to realize their shared humanity kind of thing. And I think you see that in these. And there was also this one just popped in my head because I remembered it. There was there's also this account that it's that's isolating, like taking all the music out of songs you've heard and you just hear the vocals. And there was Oh Sherry by, you know, by oh my God, Aaron Steve Perry, you know, the the leads who was the lead singer of Journey. And I listened to that and oh my gosh, that song took on a whole new meaning without the music. It was really incredible. And just having isolating his incredible voice because he is one of the most incredible voices in music period. And so that was, that was really interesting. So, yeah, so that's. Is, is that account Vosser? Because Vosser is one of the accounts that, well, it, it's one account that I follow that, that does that, that isolates vocals and they've done it for just so many artists and songs. And I really enjoy it because like you were saying, you really get, there, there's a whole different dimension to a song when you can hear just the vocals and it just, it, it's, it's, it kind of refreshes the song sometimes and, and makes it new in an unexpected way. And then also I'm thinking of when Noah Reed redid the best by um, yeah. Tina Turner for Schmidt's Creek and, and that version just, oh, that to me, that version is better than, than the original. No disrespect to two of the late great Tina. But yeah, I, I'm not always a fan of covers, but every now and then, like, there will be some that just blow your mind. Yeah. Well, I'm looking right now. No, that's not the account. It's account called Country Versus Metal or something. So I don't know. I don't know. That was oh. where I saw that one. It just kind of came across because, like I said, I'm on an, I got on that algorithm because I saw one and I liked it. And then you know, that's how it happens if you watch a yeah. few seconds. And then it's like every other video is like, which I love. Yeah, some of like, you like that? Here's 50,000 more. Yes, I love some of those. Some of those you get down and you're like, okay, enough. I don't, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like how I got down the TikTok algorithm for Reddit stories that are read aloud. I'm like, I don't know how this happened on, on our It's Fandom thing. And everyone's always scrolling through and I'll be like, this, it starts off with this horrendous tag where you're just like what the hell I <laughs> so it's just horrible horrible stuff that I I don't know some of it I have a feeling might be made up but still it's yeah but I like this one so I will put a link to those and then Carla if you want to send me that that other account you were mentioning and I'll put links to these in the show notes because I think we all need a little bit of joy through music so I will do that this episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. 
What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Okay, well, for our last thing, I don't know if people heard, but there has been a class action complaint brought against Amazon. Amazon, because of Prime, as we had mentioned in our previous pop culture and fandom news episode from last week with Carla and Michelle, I had mentioned that Prime now has upped their prices by $2.99 if you want to have ad-free content. And so William Wilbert, excuse me, Wilbert Napoleon, who individually brought this, but it's also just for a bunch of people in all other cities, brought this complaint stating that basically this goes against, let me just read from the complaint here. Amazon.com Inc. sells a subscription service called Prime. For over a decade, it included ad-free streaming of movies and TV shows. For years, people purchased and renewed their Amazon Prime subscription, believing that they would include ad-free streaming. But last month, Amazon changed the deal to stream movies and TV shows without ads. Amazon customers must now pay an additional $2.99 per month. This is true even for people who purchase the yearly ad-free subscription and who are now midway through their subscription. So they are saying this is not fair because these subscribers already paid for the ad-free version. These subscribers should not have to pay an additional $2.99 a month for something that they already paid for. So I think this is very interesting in as far as like I'm wondering if there's going to be a bunch of these that follow suit. So I just wanted to know, what are your thoughts on this, Carla? I'm so mad. I'm honestly just so mad about it. And I am sick of it. You know, we spend so much money on streaming now. And the demand, the constant demand for more is absurd. On top of which, these streaming companies, like Prime does a terrible job of advertising their shows and their movies. So there will be great stuff out there that they don't advertise that you don't end up knowing about or hearing about, except by coincidence sometimes. Like Paper Girls was fantastic and then it's gone. But then again, I only heard about it through you, Aaron, you know, and it's something that why wasn't it recommended for me? Why didn't I hear more about it when Amazon definitely has the money to market and they just don't bother to? And then you have HBO Max, you know, taking dozens and dozens of shows and movies off its platform altogether and Netflix canceling shows left and right. Just every single streamer out there is trying to give us less for more of our money. And now Prime with like the one of the, the few saving graces of Prime because Prime has terrible user interface. Yes. it It's glitchy as hell. And now we have commercials to wait through. Like, why? Why do you think that it's okay to lower the quality of your service and ask us to pay more if we want to have our shows without disruptions? And yeah, it there's no reason for which customers who, because if you have Prime Video, typically you're paying through your Prime account, you're getting it through your Prime account. So that's a, for most people, I think they just pay the one time a year and then forget about it because that's the cheapest way to to get it. But now you're being slapped with this when you've already paid for the year. So you weren't really given an option on this. It's not like, okay, just so you know, when your subscription term comes up, there will be this additional fee. It's just like, hey, everybody, here's some commercials. No, it's not okay. It, none of it's okay. And I, I think that people are becoming less and less tolerant of streamers pulling this crap. But you know what? Like this is exactly what what they what they're doing and why they're doing it is because they're like we'll we'll just push as much as we can get away with. They don't care. They could not possibly care less about what we as consumers want or need. That is demonstrable. As I've said already, they don't care this about the stuff that we like. They they said during the 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 SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes that they were purposely going to start pushing for content that people just could have on in the background, not for quality content, because quality content costs more to make. So we already know that they don't care about us. We already know that, that you know, we're just money factories to them. So 
this is adding insult to injury and I am so sick of it. And I, I, I really, we have so much going on in this world, so much going on in this world. And as individuals, as consumers, as, you know, a nation of people who are bewildered and, and exhausted and just burnt the hell out. We don't have the bandwidth to really get together and say, we need to do something about this on top of the 500 million thousand other things that we need to do something about. It is so difficult to, and, and they know this, and this is part of why they do it. It's difficult to take them to task when we are fighting for our lives in so many ways. When we're, you know, we're, we're pushing for gun control, we're pushing for medical, Medicare for all, we're pushing for basic rights for so many people who are actively losing their rights left and right. And they're like, well, you know what? They don't really have the time to invest or the energy to invest in making sure that we don't scam them more. So just push it as far as you can. And I, I know that there's a, an economic term for it when you, you know, basically see what the market will bear. And that's what they're doing because they can. That's what it comes down to. So as far as this particular action and who knows where it'll end up, because I, I don't have a lot of faith in a lot of things when it comes to the, the courts and, you know, justice and consumer protections, especially. I, I just don't see it ending in anything positive for us and possibly setting precedent in the favor of streamers. But I really, you know, all the best to, to this guy. I hope that, that he wins out and that in turn, we as a nation in a world of consumers end up winning something out of this because good Lord, we deserve a win in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will say, I forgot to mention, the amount is that is in this exceeds five million dollars. So just don't you know. So whoa, yeah. <laughs> and I'll be putting a link to to this in the show notes as well, so you can read it too. So because it's pretty lengthy. So if you want to, well, it's not. I mean, it's not that bad, but it is pretty lengthy. So if you want to read it. So Tiff, your thoughts? Is it too late for me to join this class action? I'm just checking, checking. No, yes, I, I totally agree. Everything Carla said. It is so irritating to constantly be bombarded with things we don't want to see. And the whole point of streaming, at you know, for your younger listeners, was to get away from the incessant number of commercials that you got having cable and or having you know, a satellite. And now, guess what? We have to deal with the same thing, but we're paying in addition to that, which makes no sense. I know when I'm signing up for when I have a cable package or when I have a dish, and I've had both. I still have cable because I live in an area that has basically no options for Wi-Fi except this one cable company. It's a conglomerate and it's annoying. But fingers crossed, y'all, the guy just came by and he's talking about uh files and I'm like, yes, sign me up. <laughs> Give it to me now. I want to I want to get rid of this thing that I have. <laughs> so fingers crossed for that. But my thing is we shouldn't have to pay for I don't want quantity over quality. I want quality. I'm willing to pay for quality. If you tell me, if, if Netflix throws it out there that, you know what, we're raising the prices to whatever, let's say $24 a month, okay? But you're giving me all of the content that I signed up for in the first place. And you're basically guaranteeing me that a show that I like is going to get at minimum three to four seasons. You're not going to dump it after a season. You're not going to dump it after two seasons. Give it time to grow. Give it time. A lot of these things, you know, are word of mouth. They are word of mouth. Look at, we were just talking about Reacher. Like I, the, the literal, the only reason I even started it was because I drove by a billboard, saw it. And previously I had no idea about this show. I had no idea because as Carla mentioned, Prime, Amazon does a 
garbage job, a garbage job of promoting their own, promoting their own content. And that, to me, that goes to show you that they want it to fail. They want it to fail. They want this content to fail. It does not make any type of sense for this to happen. And they've had prestige shows on Amazon Prime. There have been prestige shows on there and it does not make any sense that it is not. Look at, I mean, they had the rings of power on there and I can't tell you how it was excellent. It was really, really good. I can't tell you how many like billboards I actually saw because I didn't see many. I didn't see many for it. I didn't see a ton of you have a built-in fan base with that sort of thing. You have a built-in fan base, but people have to know where it is. People have to know where it is and people have to know when it's coming out and how it's coming out. The one thing that I really did enjoy about Prime previously was that they did put things out week by week. I liked it. I Sometimes I like just not binging something. I really do. I I feel like that anticipation toward that next week, it gives you the time to marinate on what you saw, especially if it's something that's like really intricate or anything like that. I think a show like Reacher is a little bit different because it's just like, you know, it's action. It's it's not like there's not a whole lot of, it's not like super deep. You don't have to really think when you watch it. It's just a lot of, it's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, they, you know, there's intrigue and kind of some mystery and everything like that, especially with the main character. You don't know a whole lot about his backstory at first. But it's not one of those shows that you really have to sit down and you're like, huh, really have to think about this. <laughs> it's not one of those. It's not like, oh, the symbolism, the, the, the exploration of the character. And the, the, no, it's not like that. Still good. Still watching. But some of these shows, you do need that time to digest, to interpret what things mean. So I do like that about them. But this is, this is one of those things where we have to, at some point, we do have to say, you know what? Enough is enough. I don't want to do this anymore. I am going to dump you. <laughs> I am not going to deal with this disrespect. <laughs> we're taking, as Carla just motioned, we're taking the ring off and we're divorcing. <laughs> or at the very least, we're going for a legal separation until you get your act together. So I am upset and I hope, and I hope that this class action goes the way of the consumer. I, as Carla said, I don't have a lot of faith in the court system in this country because this country is pew pew as we've seen it many times before. So fingers crossed for you, Mr. Napoleon. Yes. Wilbert. Wilbert. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Mr. Wilbert Napoleon, blessings up. Yes. Yes. Let's hope. Yeah. And I will add that 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 there is another class action suit that I don't know if either of my panelists got this email as well against AMC Networks. Yes. yes. So there is another one that's going on. And I'll put like links to an article talking about this one because if you got this email and you were like me and you were like, is this actually a real thing? It is a real thing. So, <laughs> so I will. You saved me a Google. Yeah, it's a real <laughs> thing. So I'll put, I'll put a link in the show notes about that. So it's like, this isn't the only one that's going on. I don't know how many more will happen. I think it'll just kind of be determined by how these ones go. I think the AMC one might be a little bit different, but I haven't read through the whole thing. But I know with AMC Plus, I had had like, I did like a free trial or something and I was trying to cancel it and I, I could not get it to cancel and it kept taking money. And then when they said it was canceled, it charged me again. And so I was trying to contact their customer support. So I don't know if it has anything to do with that. I need to research this one a little bit more. But I think that is really the only way that some of this might change is if they end up having to pay for this, like literally having to pay for this because it's all capitalism and all they care about is money. 
So if they do start doing that, I think that's the only way you're going to see maybe changes happen. But who knows? I mean, Max did the same thing with the commercial stuff. Netflix, all of them. I mean, like we said last week, Hulu used to be one of the better streaming services. And then they became awful. And then their whole thing of not sharing, which is also going to be a big thing that's going to happen with all of these. So it is this whole thing of like, it's almost like they're saying to you, you are so privileged to have our service. So you should just keep paying for that privilege and up that pay. And then we're going to punish you if you don't enjoy our service the way we want you to enjoy it. So it's this whole thing, again, of capitalism versus people. That's really what it is. So it's like, you know, it's too bad we can't take out a lawsuit against capitalism. But yeah, and and everybody, when you read, when I read this on Discussing Film, it's where I first saw this on Twitter, which once again, I think Discussing Film is one of the best film accounts to follow, frankly, because they are not biased like a lot of these other ones seem to be as far as they're more biased towards us, the consumer, than they are towards the studios and everything like that. But yeah, so I, when I saw that, you know, a lot of people in the comments were like, how do I get involved in this? How do I get part of this? So I don't know, maybe they'll, they'll law, maybe they'll reach out to people like they did with the AMC one. That's a lot of what sometimes happens is if you want to be involved in this class action lawsuit, you could be, you could be entitled to stuff. So who knows? We'll see. But, but fingers crossed. Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and close out this episode. I'm going to go around and have my lovely panelists let everybody know where they can be found and where their podcast can be found. Carla from Bedwetter Be Pod. Thank you, Erin, for having me and also for giving me the opportunity to plug myself. I am a co-host of Bedwetter Behead Podcast along with Meg, our fourth sexy lady. And you can find that beautiful, amazing, wonderful, beautitious podcast wherever you get this podcast. You can also find our online presence at Bedwet Behead Pod on Twitter and TikTok, the T's. You can also find us on Instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod. I haven't gotten around to closing our Facebook page, so it's still there if you want to just go take a look at it for no good reason. It is Bedwet or Behead Podcast, or so I'm told. You can look for me, my art, and my musings on TikTok and Instagram at Carlatemis or my website, carlatemis.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S.com. And my my upcoming podca- podcast that is only coming up in my brain, not yet in actual fact, about Black Mirror can be found nowhere at the moment, but keep hoping and dreaming and maybe it'll happen. <laughs> hoping and dreaming. Yes. Keep hope alive. <laughs> so Tiff, where can they find you? They might find me mind melding with Carla on Black Mirror because this last season was fantastic. And I should have talked about it, but I didn't, but that's okay. Anywho, yeah, I'm out there in and on the interwebs as who is tip as me. You know, I don't really use that thing called X, you know, I've kind of X'd it out of my life, but if you do at me, I think I will still get notifications. So sure, why not? Mostly I'm on Discord, you know, chatting it up with my sexy ladies pretty much every day. So if you want to reach me, hi, hey, hello. That's where I am. And I'm on here a lot. So <laughs> awesome. Thank you. And this is Erin. And you can follow Fergie, who has mentioned before. You can see her video of watching the true crime documentary at Schroeder and Ferg's on TikTok at Schroeder and Ferg's. That's S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. It's long, but it's worth it. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod on TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. Oh, on threads at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, feel free to reach out to us via our website. It's a fandom thing pod.com. Click the contact us button there and that'll shoot me an email. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And while you're there, consider becoming a Patreon supporter for as little as three bucks a month. You get bonus episodes, ad-free content, and more. And on our next episode, Carla and Tiff will be back to talk about In Vogue. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. 
love collecting things? Time to add Goat Guns miniature models. These gun models are one-third to scale and one-tenth the cost of the real thing. These little bad boys are 4 to 11 inches in length and weigh up to one full pound. Build, collect, and customize your Goat Guns collection with attachments. Build your dream collection at GoatGuns.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.